Welcome to the We Raise the Stars and Stripes Over Japan podcast. My name is Mark Stephen Schwartz, and it is both an honor and a privilege for me to read the diaries from Allied and American civilian prisoners of war interned in and around Kobe, Japan during the Great Pacific War, World War II. This is episode number 39. April 14, 1943. Max Brodowski. Same monotony. No trips out lately. Received a letter from my dear wife. Will copy. San Francisco, California, June 9, 1943. Dearest sweetheart, this is my fifth letter, and I do hope the International Red Cross is getting them to you. If it is possible to contact the Swiss Consul, do so. We are all getting along well here at home, and I'm hoping and praying you too are well. We received your shortwave message via Tokyo Radio three days after the 56th wedding anniversary, and it brought us much happiness. I am thankful you have the locket with my picture, as I know it is a good luck charm. I'm going to Audrey Tracy's wedding Sunday. Her husband seems to be very nice. Audrey said I received the first invitation. Jack is working and very happy. Tell Mr. Underwood I had lunch with his daughter, Mrs. Robinson, and she is getting along fine. Her husband is with her. Also spoke with Mrs. George Conklin as we have a great deal to talk over and plan for. Tell Grant Wells I talked to Donna yesterday, that his family is fine. The baby is growing and looks like him. Bob Vaughn's girl, Anne, is living with Donna, and they are congenial and happy. Mrs. Henning, Roy's mother, phoned and had a nice conversation with my mom. So we will all have a big celebration when you return, which, please God, will be very soon now. Mom and Papa are going on their usual vacation to the South, and I know they will enjoy the change. Your father is fine. Saw him in the store today. My sweetheart, I am doing my best to keep busy, as that helps the time to pass. While I wait for your return to me, I hope, my darling, you feel well and I'm anxious to receive your first letter, which should be arriving through the same source as this is sent. Good luck, boy of mine, and may God bless and keep you till we meet again. Love and many kisses, Ethel. This is the fifth letter that she wrote. I have received four, the fourth one I have yet to get. It is over ten months since this was written, but it was very anxiously received. The war had progressed six months when it was written. Harold Brinkerhoff I am putting the roof on the bomb shelter. It doesn't amount to much. We have been... We have torn down practically all of the fence around the playground for the bomb shelter. They have a funny way of telling about retreats by Axis forces. 
They say they withdrew from the Solomons for strategic reasons. Here is an excerpt from the paper this morning. In view of the situation, Marshal Rommel opened up a full force attack yesterday and carried out a lightning withdrawal from the city. Owing to the skillful tactics, the Axis forces have successfully disengaged themselves from the anti-Axis. Roy Henning, little warmer than yesterday, working, computing, studying, and applied angles and trigonometry study now. Received two letters from home, April 23rd and June 13th, 1942. Mom, Pa, all okay, so that makes me very happy. April 15th, 1943. Roy Henning. Weather cool and sunny. Buy green glasses to clip on regular eyeglasses. Cost 7.07 yen. Reading March 1940 Life. Wash hair. Have rolls at lunch. Dinner instead. Bread. A little sweet taste. Good variety. April 16, 1943. Charles F. Gregg. Letter from California. From Fanny Mar Mailed. June 22, 1942, from George Gardner, the Pan Am representative. June 5, 1942, Mrs. Ethel Sane, May 26, 1942. Gardner said for us to endeavor to contact the Swiss consul regarding repatriation. We contacted him in February 1942, and here we are. Big project at camp is construction of bomb shelter. Will be 60 feet by 10 feet by 8 feet with 2 feet or more of dirt and bricks on top. Preparedness pays, we hope. Roy Henning. Very cold and overcast. Exercise but still feel cold. Trigonometry and dining porch. Receive Atlantic Magazine, Music Practice. April 17, 1943, Roy Henning. Very cold again. Working on relative functionality of angles. Look through Collier's, reading Atlantic Magazine. Shave. Fence going up again. April 18, 1943, Roy Henning. Sunday. Weather sunny most of the day and mild. No studying today. Read and practice on mandolin in different keys. April 19, 1943. Roy Henning. Raining all day. Get tired of reading, poor light. Start chapter on projection and vectors. April 20th. 1943. Roy Henning. Sunny mild day. Take sun bath. Get tan on chest. Take cold bath. Trigonometry in morning. Practice music in the afternoon. April 21st, 1943. Roy Henning. Solving general triangles 
in trigonometry book. Nice sunny day. Bougainvillea in bloom, very pretty. Harry Burroughs and Tom Appendale, Appy, have a little pup now called Sodesca. Finished Atlantic Magazine. April 22nd, 1943. Max Brodowski. Today is a beautiful spring day. Did some washing in the morning. In the afternoon, we were taken on a hike, 10 of us. We hiked about eight miles. The mountains are beautiful this time of the year. Harold Brinkerhoff. There has been a big shakeup in the Japanese cabinet. Mamori Shigemitsu, ex-ambassador to Great Britain, has replaced Masayuki Tani as foreign minister. General Kisaburo Audo has replaced Michio Yuzana as home minister. Hideki Tojo is education minister in place of Tatsu Nosuke Yamazaki, now agriculture minister. Tadio Owasa, state minister. Elijah Amu, president of Board of Information. Several days ago, the paper stated that the United States was going to reveal the facts concerning the bombing of Japan last April 18th. Today they said the U.S. Army objected, so the Japanese say they will reveal the facts in the case. They revealed only that 16 planes took off from the carrier Hornet, stationed 700 miles off the mainland. They were commanded by Colonel Doolittle and took off at 9.30 a.m. Tokyo and Yokohama were bombed from 1,500 feet, 300 pounds of bombs were used, as well as incendiaries. Osaka and Nagoya were bombed 5,000 to 7,000 feet. They were pursued by Japanese fighters, dropped to 500 feet to release their bombs. Several planes were either shot down or damaged. Kobe not mentioned. Some of the fleeing planes were severely damaged or set on fire due to forced landings, and almost all crew members were killed. The plane carrying Colonel Doolittle did not appear over Nippon, allowing the bombing to be done by his subordinates. He himself hastened to flee to China, barely escaping with his life. Of enemy flyers captured by the Japanese, some were found to have intentionally and consistently attacked non-military establishments such as hospitals and innocent school children. Air defense of Nippon is complete and impregnable. At first sight of attack by large enemy planes, Japanese single fighters will immediately crash themselves into the enemy planes, thus taking the human, human bullet strategy. These are all excerpts from the English editions of the Mainichi. Going back to last April, there never was anything but surmise as to where the planes came from. As to the fighters attacking the bombers, 
I don't believe they did. If Kobe can be taken as an example, there was no news of planes being shot down or being forced to land. All planes that were shot down, according to the news of the time, were lost in the sea. No aviators were captured until months later. They were supposed to have been captured in China and to have bragged about bombing and machine gunning school children. There's a boys' school just north of us across the road. I can well understand how an aviator could mistake them for soldiers. All boys from 10 on up wear military uniforms. The young boys of 15 and 16 are taller than most soldiers I have seen. I have seen them going about with rifles on their shoulders. There were supposed to have been 15 hospital ships attacked by American subs and planes to date. Roy Henning Mild Weather Overcast Reviewing Law of Signs Reading The Romance of Leonardo da Vinci Shave Roy Hahn does some shopping, buys me notebook, pencils, etc. Max Radowski April 23, 1943 Yesterday we had another hike, still beautiful. Today was a beautiful spring day again. Chow, not much today. We had a slice of whale blubber and a little coleslaw for supper. Rotten. Roy Henning. Nice day. Consul calls, says that if there's an exchange, no chance for us. Two governments dickering about our status, civilian or not. We'll have to pay 138 yen, 38 sen for suits. April 24, 1943. Roy Henning. Overcast, mild weather. Write my fourth letter home. Arrange to have cable sent via the consul to the Commercial Pacific Cable Company for Hans Sockers and I. Room cleanup. Wash hair. April 25, 1943. Roy Henning. Sunny. Or Sunday. Warm day, sunny all day. Read 20th Century Magazine. Play music with Bryant Sterling. Have learned a couple new pieces. April 26, 1943. Harold Brinkerhoff. The air raid shelter is completed with the exception of the refinements desired by some, such as plush seats, hot and cold running water, flush banjo, reading salon, with a full selection of the year's bestsellers. We had a practice trial run with two groups entering the shelter in the dark. No casualties were suffered. All inside in two minutes. There was an article in the paper telling how Japanese soldiers repulsed ours and the Solomons using wooden spears. Also how on Burma, a small number of Japanese repulsed the British. One killed 56, none of the others killed less than 20. One fellow killed a great number using only a short sword. Roy Henning, Hazy Sunny Weather, Type Out Message to Commercial Pacific Cable Company, Straighten Out Papers, etc.
Wash Sweatshirts Navy Jacket. April 27, 1943. Roy Henning. Finish Law of Signs and complete one notebook. Sewing and fixing a pair of shorts. Katayama brings me a pair of pajamas, two pair of shorts. Buy 19 and a half yen pair whole pajamas. Tiny Luki bakes fabulous meatloaf, corned beef, hardtack pimentos, and clam. April 28, 1943. Roy Henning. Pa's birthday. Overcast and mild. Finished shorts and wear. Pack away winter clothes. Making pair of jockey undershorts. Have haircut from Maxim. Shave. April 29, 1943. Harold Brinkerhoff. With this, it can be stated that a new principle has been established that those who act cruelly and inhumanely in aerial warfare will not be treated as prisoners of war. It is our view that all enemy airmen who desecrate the sanctity of this sacred land by attempting air raids and who fall into our hands shall be executed. With magnanimity, however, the authorities have adopted the policy of meeting out severe punishment only on those whose actions cannot be excused from the standpoint of humanity. Roosevelt and his underlings would do well to know Nippon better. There was a company, all officers and men of which, died a heroic death. The commander of that company charged upon the enemy column repeatedly, even after he had one arm and a leg shot off. He clung tenaciously until his body was literally pulverized. I have come to the conclusion we have nothing to fear from the American troops. At the same time, it also dawned on me that we are no way justified in despising them. The excerpts are from the commander on Guadalcanal Island. He tells what wonderful feats, what hardships they encountered there yet they were unable to hold the island. The reason they left, they advanced to strengthen their lines. The subject of letters for month of April is health. Letters can be written only to the following countries. Manchuoka, China, India, Indochina, Thailand, Russia, Afghanistan, Bulgaria, Spain, Africa, Spanish African possessions, Morocco, Portugal, Switzerland, Sweden, Turkey, England, and the United States. Letters may not be written to Canada, Malta, Belgium, Holland, Australia, Guatemala, New Zealand, and Union of South Africa. I have written letters on the 23rd of each month since our monthly letters have been allowed. We have several brilliant men in this house. The outstanding one is Father Spey. His order is the Belgian Skirt Order. He is a young man, 30 years old. He is a linguist. His early education was received in the public schools of Brussels. 
He then entered Catholic seminary at Louvain. During his last years in school, he studied at Louvain University. At one time, he was carrying 30 hours of lectures per week. At this time, he was studying six languages at the same time. They were Sanskrit, Russian, Chinese, English, Mongol, and Polish. In addition, he speaks French and Flemish. He related that when he was about to leave for China, his mother came to the seminary to visit him. One of the outstanding things at the seminary is a room where all the photographs of the outgoing missionaries are hung. The names, places sent, and date of leaving. If they died a violent death, there was a red cross after their name. Otherwise, the date of their death was given. When they arrived at the photo of the last one who had departed, his mother began to cry. He was perturbed. His mother drew his attention to the fact that many of those who had just recently departed have already died. He tried to comfort her by saying they might have died anyway. Before the discovery of a serum for typhus, nearly all missionaries going to China and Mongolia and the Belgian Congo died of it. The lifespan of priests in China and Mongolia was a little over 10 years. Soon after he arrived, the vaccine was discovered. The typhus is carried by lice. The Chinese bed is a slab of stone heated from beneath by charcoal braziers. He says when a Chinaman is in the throes of death, his body begins to cool and the lice leave him. A priest giving the death service must crawl across the end of this bed. He would invariably be alive with lice by the time he got past and would in a very few days be sick from the bites. If he lived for nine days, he would get well and henceforth be immune. Father Spey reads and speaks Japanese. Each day he gives a commentary on the day's news. In this way we get some news which is not printed in the English edition. The weather is pleasant now, if it would only remain so. Soon it will be hotter than hell. The trees are coming into leaf. The cherry, plum, and pear trees are in bloom and are very pretty. The mountains are beginning to turn green. Our meals have become some worse lately. Several days we have had terrible fish. Some of the fellows found worms in theirs. We don't get bread as we have before. We get a roll that looks like a French roll at breakfast and a half roll for some of the other meals. They seem to be half straw, sawdust, or some such material. We have had quite a lot of bamboo sprouts lately. The fellows say, please pass the wood pile. I like them quite well. We are still waiting for electrical wire to use for the light lighting of the shelter. It is a very nice job. Harold Arab and I did all of the carpentry work, so if we have any collapsing of the top, I suppose we will get the blame. We sure had some time gathering materials for the construction of the roof. The rafters are all on 14-inch centers. 
The roof sheeting is all sorts of lumber. All around our playground is a 10-foot wire fence. Holding up the fence are poles about 14 to 16 feet long. We swiped every other pole out of the fence. That is, the Kencho permitted us to take them. They gave us permission to build the shelter, but said they would take no responsibility. For sheeting, I tore out the inside wall of our coal shed. If a good strong wind comes, the coal shed is about to collapse. Every scrap of loose lumber around the place, and a lot that was not loose, went into the construction. The dugout is 61 feet in length. It has 7 feet of headroom. It has 12 supports about 7 feet apart, holding up the ridge pole and roof. There are three entrances, one at each end, and one in the center. Roy Henning The Emperor's birthday today, holiday. Lots of air activity. Finish the shorts. Sleeping with one blanket and sheet now. Overcast. Optical work with Bryant Sterling. Art Woodruff has scarlet fever. Taken to hospital has been quarantined. Gargle supplies and cleanliness stressed. April 30th, 1943. Charles F. Gregg. Swiss Consul Mr. Herzog called today with 30 yen per person. Allowance and additional clothing expense. Said cable dictated February 25th to families via Pan American had not been sent as it was classified as a personal message. Same with other cables to the government and to Capuchin Fathers, Detroit. However, said we could send cables at our own expense through Red Cross in Tokyo. Gave him following message. PAA San Francisco. All Guam employees good health. Send love families. Stop. Repatriations improbable unless stronger effort via Washington. He will send all of messages if permitted, otherwise first part only. No news about an exchange. Clothing from Shanghai is still awaiting approval from Tokyo. Cloth for shorts non-existent in Kobe. Sewing machine was okayed by legation and police. Local Swiss consul office will endeavor to purchase same immediately. Possibility a transfer of Berdowski and Hamilif going through as Matsumoto is favorable. Mail third monthly letter, fifth letter, to dad and mother. All of us were expressly forbidden to write about other than health. Monthly news. Food becomes scarce. None other than sweet potato, wood, bread, and that scarce. Meals. Breakfast, ersatz coffee, a quarter glass of milk, never saw a cow. Bread roll, size of French roll, perhaps a sour seed orange, three teaspoons sugar, approximately 20 days per month. Lunch. Thin soup, rice, boiled leek, Egg omelet of dried powdered egg, frequently causing slight case of cramps, etc. 
at times, three per week, some meat and gravy replace the omelet. Dinner, half a roll, cube of butter, thin soup, rice, daikon or leek, fish, the two latter frequently inedible, and tea. In spite of this, we are eating excellently in comparison with the Butterfield Marx camps and even people living outside. Food is really scarce. Clothing is now almost impossible to buy. The stores which have previously catered to our needs have no cloth. The largest department stores in Kobe put out handbills today advising they would pay good prices for second-hand clothing. Also buying used nails, etc. Black market tennis shoes prices at 35 yen, formerly sold at 1.5 yen. Shimbun News. Shimbun is the publishers of Osaka and Tokyo Mainichi newspapers. Tunisia fighting still continuing. Russians always repulse when they try offensives. Kuban, Novosurisk fighting. Still heavy with Russians receiving heavy losses in unsuccessful attacks. German shelling Leningrad. Polish government exile and Russia have broken off diplomatic relations. Quite a stir in paper as to showing weakness among allies. Continuous talks of American brutality in bombing hospital ships, 14 to date, and in the Solomon Islands. Japanese claim big successes in bombing Guadalcanal, Futifuti, Canton Island, New Guinea, etc., shooting down 15 planes to one loss of their own. Also claim, big claim today, of air raid off Florida Island, in which they sank 15 warships and vessels and shot down 40 planes. They do not give their complete loss, but admit two planes have yet to return. Men were taken for a hike 6 to 7 a.m. the other morning, and they walked around the block three times. I have not been out of the house and yard for several months. Been spending considerable time studying French, English, religion, and occasionally play bridge, chess, etc. Weather much warmer now, was able to take a cold shower last week for the first time. Temperature high of 68 degrees Fahrenheit in day and low of 48 degrees Fahrenheit at night. Still increasing. Roy Henning. Sunny, windy day. Discuss camera lenses with Jack Taylor. Red Leonardo while sunning in yard. And this concludes episode 39 of the We Raise the Stars and Stripes Over Japan podcast. Thanks very much for listening. Bye-bye now.